recall uh, one of our teenagers one time saying, you know, Jim, you, you know me. Like, do you think this would be something I'd be into? They're just wanting that reassurance or that inspiration or, or a little bit of guidance. You know, we, we're guides and they need that. And if it's done in a, in a caring relationship, that's mostly what they need from us. Welcome to Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I'm your host and chief goddess of the PASS Foundation, Annalise Corbin. We know the current model for education is obsolete. It was designed to create fleets of assembly line workers, not the thinkers and problem solvers needed today. We've seen the innovations that are possible within education, and it's our goal to leave the box behind and reimagine what education can look like in your own backyard. Welcome to today's episode of Learning Unboxed. As always, I'm excited to talk with another great innovator in the transformative education space. And today we are going to be talking about holding space as a positive disruptor and how we think about um, education. Um, why does it work? Why does it matter? And what are we doing? doing. And joining us today is Jim Bailey, who is the co-founder and current executive director at Rock Tree Sky. So Jim, welcome to Learning Unboxed. Thank you so much. It's wonderful to be here. Well, I am thrilled and super excited to talk with you. And so as we sort of set some context for our listeners just a little bit here, Rock Tree Sky is many things, a self-directed learning community, a child-centered learning environment, a center for homeschool enrichment, a makerspace, and a loose parts playground, which gives young people the time, tools, and freedom from constant evaluation. One thing that I truly, truly love and respect. Um, and the work is the heart of what Rock Tree Sky is to hold space. Um, and in this space, learners are free to explore their innate curiosities, grow their confidence and their personal agency, and develop healthy, loving relationships with peers and adult mentors in a community that celebrates all things learning. So Jim, um, let's start with sort of the big picture question, which is why? Why do this? As I understand it, you um, have a background as a lifelong educator, and yet you decided to do this thing. Why is that? Because um, I, I think I started to feel after 15 years in the classroom that the conventional schooling model was limiting not only for myself, which I started to feel that it was, Mm -hmm. uh, but primarily for uh, young people that I cared deeply about. And uh, some of them were young people that were friends of ours, um, friends, you know, friends of the family, uh, our own daughter included, who in second grade started coming home with uh, a lot more worksheets than we ever thought a seven-year-old should. Yeah. And um, so we started having a few discussions with some families we knew. And I have to tell you, Annalise, I was surprised at how many uh, families were interested in stepping away from the whole notion of school uh, and, and moving into a, you know, kind of a pod-like setting pre-COVID. You know, this mm -hmm. was eight years mm -hmm. ago. Right. So, so that, that was the why. It, it wasn't meeting my needs nor the needs of the, uh, the, some of the learners that I really care deeply about. You know, it's really interesting because when I talk with folks that are doing really incredible 
innovative work that is happening outside of a traditional um, educational setting. I often, especially with founders, right? This, there's similar threads to those stories. And I'm, I'm a founder as well, right? So I, I, I'm guilty of this. And there's just something about the identification of a moment that says, I've had enough and I'm willing, I'm willing on behalf of others to stretch out into the unknown. And I, 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 I take a moment to say that out loud because I think that a lot of folks don't understand how daunting the journey truly is. And just to say thank you for your willingness to even step outside of everything that was secure and, and into a space, honestly, on behalf of kids. Well, thank you so much uh, for that. It has been work along the way, and um, you know, and we haven't done it alone. It's mm-hmm. it's the the families when you create spaces like Rock Tree Sky and so many others that are stepping away from the conventional model, and families see their kids that the first families who come see how their young people are uh, getting that spark back. They're coming home happy. They're reenlivened those families begin to be willing to move heaven and earth for you and as well to, to spread the word to other families. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's talk a little bit about rock tree skies. So uh, set, set the stage a little bit for our listeners. You're based in California, but tell us exactly what, what, what is it? What does it do? Because I think that your approach is really, really creative. And so I want to dig into some of the elements of it a little bit. Okay, excellent. Um, yeah, it's in it's in Ojai, California, south of Santa Barbara, north of Los Angeles, and mm-hmm. you know it it meets the needs of a diversity of families along the schooling or learning spectrum. What we do is we offer a space with healthy, loving relationships and caring adults, and then a rich space as well. You know, with a art studio. Uh, STEM lab maker space mm-hmm. design room that also has a piano in it and a reading nook because I believe that you know we can cross pollinate in these spaces. Yeah. Um, music studio, um, uh, you know, kind of a, um, an imagination room that has all of the uh, dress up clothes and the stage and and those pieces for the young people, and, and then of course beautiful outdoor space for for garden. And, and, you know, outdoor play. And, and so what it, it does for some folks, they are on the unschooling journey already, and it can be a three to five day a week uh, unschooling at school type mm-hmm. of space, as, mm-hmm. as my, um, uh, my, my friend Kara Schoenfeld once said. It's like unschooling, but at a school space together with others. But for other families, uh, they may be at a different uh, philosophical part of their journey and they, you know, they're doing some amount of school at home, right? Some, some type of box curriculum, if you will. And then we can be the place where enrichment is happening and relationship is happening Mm -hmm. so that, um, their young people are developing in, in healthy, social, emotional ways with peers and other adults. Yeah. And that is so critically important, the the opportunity to provide not just a, a place and the space to do it, but I think that the other thing that I 
in my mind that is really, really critical about these types of opportunities is that the quality of that arrangement is really, really supportive of learning and of the learner's journey, right? So it's not just enough to be a place to go play and do, but if that play and do also supplements the more either boxed or the traditional or whatever the other formalized learning that's happening for an individual child, that's really, really powerful. Exactly. And that's a piece that's really meaningful to me, uh, coming from the background of education, wanting to support all young people to thrive, uh, to make sure that that you know we as the adults in those spaces we have a responsibility to mm-hmm. to be witnessing to be offering things that we're deeply passionate about things that we know that other young people have you know at an age appropriate time been deeply interested in so it does need to be rich and you need to give young people um the the tools of the culture mm-hmm. that are going to be of value uh it can't be you know there have been my, you know, my wife had an experience visiting a space and she said it just felt a little bit like a a, a learning desert you know that was right. the space was there the adults were there but they were just standing back uh not necessarily getting in there um you know rolling up their sleeves and making offerings or or really engaging mm-hmm. the young people and you know that didn't really sit in my comfort zone that's not what i right. wanted to offer i believe that you know that it's we're all learning together so how can we make sure that we as the adults bring our piece to to that table? And and that can be inspirational. That can be the spark, all of those things. Absolutely. And it comes with so much knowledge and experience, right? And I, I do appreciate that so much because it's that mentoring element. It's that relationship, right? You know, and in my conversations with kids from, you know, all around the world, I hear that over and over and over again, right? You know, and it is really interesting because we've, we've all heard, you know, the, the sort of adage, well, you know, did you have this great inspirational teacher at some point in your journey? And almost every adult will identify somebody, right? And, and when you really sort of peel back the layers of that, what it boiled down to, it was somebody that as a kid, you identified with this adult somehow that either mentored you or shepherded you or provided you with a really, really Really unique experience that you never ever forgot. There's a reason that happens. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, we, you know what? We're social animals, right? Mm-hmm. By evolution, and yep. and when we make those connections, and and you know, we're seen by somebody, and we see something that sparks us in in somebody, an adult. Yeah, that we can we can start to imagine mm-hmm. ourselves. You know, kind of what if I went on that journey? What if I? became like this person who, who, you know, I'm, I'm caring deeply about, and I know cares deeply about me in that space. Sometimes when I think back to my success in the classroom, um, I think that was primarily it. And, uh, mm-hmm. that, that it was more about my relationship with the young people in my eighth grade science class. And, and it wasn't the particulars of my pedagogy, but it was more about, um, them feeling seen and me truly, truly loving and being inspired by what I was offering. Yeah. Well, and by the kids themselves, right? And so I think that's probably, yeah, one of those those identifiers, right? Because the kids are so incredibly creative, right? They have the absolute potential to solve all of the world's greatest problems. And yet we're constantly standing in their way, either as the adults who believe that we know better or as a system 
that is no longer serving the needs of our learners in the 21st century? Absolutely. It, it isn't. Um, my wife, Natasha, and I were talking about this recently, how uh, talking to some of the teens that she's been working with uh, at Rock Tree Sky have shared with her, they're, they're tired of the hypotheticals mm-hmm. that they get in the classroom and they are ready to to roll up their sleeves and get out there and do something that feels real and meaningful. And instead, you know, school, uh, unfortunately, has is served, um, you know, as Kelly Young puts it, we kind of, it's warehousing yeah. our young people away from the community. Yeah. And, and in this day and age where information is ubiquitous, we can't do that anymore. Right. They're ready to get out there and provide a meaningful contribution to their community and their community needs them. Yeah, absolutely. And, and kids are sick and tired, honestly, of us trying to uh, spend so much time, energy, and effort teaching them the things that reside in that phone in their pocket. <laughs> right? Exactly. They're like, why right. are you teaching me this? It's literally, I'm carrying it around on my hip. That's right. That's right. It hasn't, the, 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 the model hasn't changed yeah. and it needs to in light of all of these new technologies. Uh, yeah. I, was teach, I was teaching a science, like a, a, a short um, astronomy uh, seminar series, offering it really at our program. And one of the ninth graders at one point raised their hands and he said, oh, you're, you mean like Heisenberg's uncertainty principle, correct? And I said, well, I said, exactly. That's where I was headed. I said, how, how did you know that? He, he said, there's this professor from Columbia that I watch on YouTube. Yeah. And he proceeds to take us to the channel, show us this professor. Um, it, you know, so, hey, mm-hmm. what do I, yeah, <laughs> my exactly. role needs to change. The teacher's role, the, the adult in the room's role needs to change to become the facilitator, not, you know, the holder of the mm-hmm. knowledge that, mm-hmm. you know, so that's, that's where we're at. A hundred percent. Right. And the kids, they're, they're resentful, honestly, of it. Right. They're just tired, you know, and COVID quite frankly, only exacerbated all of the issues that were running rampant that in, in the traditional educational system. And, and, and in my mind, when I watch the kids at past at the past innovation lab, um, in particular that, you know, it is really, really clear to me that they are just done with that. Right. You know, the reality is they don't need us to, to help them figure out how to do things. What they need from us is to mentor them in evaluating all the stuff that's out there, helping them figure out how to make good choices and to stand next to them while they succeed and fail in equal parts. Oh, that's so beautifully put. That That is exactly true. That's exactly uh, what they're wanting. They, you know, we're, we're there in partnership with them. And as you put it, to stand next to them, to give them some feedback. I think I re- uh, when you say that, I recall uh, one of our teenagers one time saying, you know, Jim, you, you know me. Like, do you think this would be something I'd be into? They're just wanting that reassurance or that inspiration or, or a little bit of guidance. You know, we, we're guides and they need that. And if it's done in a, in a caring relationship, that's mostly what they need from us. You're right. Yeah. Yeah. A hundred percent. Yeah. Get out of their way, support them, listen to them, um, have value in their voice and their choice. Right. Um, and just also recognize they have so much to contribute. You know, I, I jokingly, but I'm, I'm actually quite serious. I say this all the time that I would put the kids at the past innovation lab up against any industry R&D team in the world, any day. Yeah, nice. And I have complete confidence that my kids 
will stand up and deliver. It might not be the right solution. It might not even be the physics of what they're proposing. Just might not even be possible. But there's going to be a grain or a nugget in every single solution that these kids come up with that's going to have tangible application somewhere. Excellent. Yes, yes. That That's, I think, what... Um, you know, Natasha and I always loved about the work of Iowa Big when they were putting kids out into the internships. They were requiring, hey, they're going to be doing real things. You know, don't give them a broom and have them, you know, dust mop the floors. Like they, we, these kids are ready to work on some meaty problems. And, and yeah, they have this agility and facility and flexibility of mind that, um, that brings some value to the table. Oh, absolutely. <laughs> Yeah, 100%. So so let's dig in just a touch because I know the listeners are like, okay, so this is cool and what Jim's got going on, pretty darn awesome. But share with us an example of two, right? Really, really tangible in the weeds of some of the things that Rock Tree Sky is actually doing. So what what's, what's an actual student experience look like and feel like? Okay, here, here's a great example of, a, of an experience that's happening right now for some of our teens. They have, we have a school-based enterprise. It's called Ojai Makers. It's with the support of Foundry 805, which is a Ventura County um, kind of entrepreneurial lab mm-hmm. for our high school students. Uh, and I think, unfortunately, here at this point, there's only maybe five or six high schools that have you know, jumped on board, uh, which is surprising out of all the high schools in our county. But uh, so one example is the the young, the teens at Rock Tree Sky have this au- are offered to come up with a student-led business of some sort mm-hmm. or another. And one that is launching right now, in fact, this will be their, this week will be their second week, mm-hmm. is a refill station at our local farmer's market where they, they priced out, ordered in bulk, uh, dishwashing detergent, um, you know, for dishwashers, for the regular dishwashing soap and laundry detergent, and they ordered it in bulk from a company that makes it gray water safe, et cetera. And they are selling refill. Uh, you bring in your bottle and you get it refilled at the local farmer's market. That was an entirely That's student- awesome. Yeah. That's yeah, awesome. It's, That's it's a brilliant an, idea. <laughs> of course. Of course. <laughs> so so that's one thing that just kicked off recently. Um, you know, uh, another longstanding thing that we've been doing is uh, a student wanted to learn how to grow mushrooms. So mm-hmm. we dove deep with that student. She got some of her friends on board and we grow mushrooms on campus, culinary mm-hmm. mushrooms, and then they sell them at the local farmer's market as well. Mm-hmm. So those those are a couple of things. It's really, you know, what is it that you want to do? How can we help you do it? Mm-hmm. And if we can't with who we have uh, on on site, then we're going to find the people and bring them in. Yeah, yeah. that's amazing. That's amazing. And incredibly powerful for kids. Um, yes. Yeah. Bravo. I'll, I'll share one other thing that's, you know, that's on the real entrepreneurial side or the you know practical side. Uh, you know, on the other side, we have young people who still are, you know, intending and, and on a college path. And we have them, I think out of the 74 teenagers we have at Rock Tree Sky right now, 30 of them are enrolled at junior college in junior college classes. So that's about 40% of our kids are doing dual enrollment, Mm -hmm. which there's a big push in California right now in support of for their public high schools. So I'd like to see more of that because so often, you know, the academic high school classes are not much, 
well, the college classes are just a touch better, uh, mostly, you know, more interesting, et cetera, mm-hmm. but they can get dual credit and right. why not? Right. If and that's why the not? path they want. Exactly. Right. You, otherwise we're just wasting time, right? Right. So how we're housing them. I understand mm-hmm. my, you know, the, the desire to keep certain jobs, but, uh, it, not at the expense of a young yeah. person who, mm-hmm. whose life is, you know, they're only 16 once and this is, right. this is their life. Yeah. You know, uh, it's important that we, we support them and we, we make what we're doing with their time meaningful. You're only yeah. 16 once. Yeah. I agree with that. Or eight. Yeah. I a hundred percent, a hundred percent. I want to also dig in a little bit to um, another project that you're working on that I really would love to have some better understanding on. And that is um, this, you're doing some work um, with a pretty unique partnership program with the local public school district. And so how do you take the free form that is Rock Tree Sky, right, and place it into an effective partnership with a more formal setting. Because I think that lots of communities, right, the letting go of the structure we know, super scary, we're not willing to do it, we have a whole host of reasons why we say we can't even have the conversation. Um, And so for many communities, some type of hybrids or approach to making big transitions is is probably the, the only option. Yeah, yeah. And I yeah. say that loosely, right? Because we all know there's never the only option, right? But the reality is sometimes we have to just sort of meet folks where they are. And if that's what I believe um, as a traditional education system, then okay, fine. So how 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 does the work that you're doing making that sort of influence through the partnerships with the approaches that you're having with the in with the formal settings? Yes. Um we are blessed in California through the Ed Code, uh, California Ed Code for Independent Study Schools, and for actually any school, I think, allows the the district or the school to pay for services from vendors. And uh, in particular, with independent study model schools, uh, they can pay for enrichment services. And oftentimes, when you don't have a brick and mortar site that you're paying for, um, you can attract families who've been homeschooling and they sign up for an independent study, either charter school or district independent study. And there's some extra funds that could be available for enrichment. And so we operate as, as many others do in the state of California, maybe not quite as comprehensively uh, as an enrichment site for those independent study schools. Now, for whatever reason, mostly there were independent study charters that were really doing this. For the last 25 years in California, there have been independent study charter schools working with homeschool families and then giving them access to enrichment funds to pay for approved educational vendors. And they they look into all that and make sure that it, it meets their needs. Districts haven't largely been doing that. Um, but But through working with these families, we created a robust um, program moving from 17 learners in the first year to by the fourth year having over 100 young people, and I and and many of them were in these homeschool charter schools. We had an innovative innovative superintendent. She came to us and said, "If I create an independent study school, a high school, will you bring some of those? Will you invite your families to join our school?" Because uh, California, I think over 50% of the school districts in California currently are experiencing declining enrollment. So. 
there's a value added proposition for them. And I said, yes, if you will be flexible with how you accept work samples and, and from these families, it can't just be, here's, here's a, a online program or here's a formal curriculum in a box and you have to do this. I said, you will need to be flexible and allow, allow our families to turn in, you know, uh, we have to focus on project-based learning opportunities for these young people. And, and it would be best if you could have some of your teachers visiting our campus and seeing the um, meaningful, authentic interests of the young people and then helping them with reflections that you would then be count for the formal um, work samples that they would need for their auditors. And, and I said, and one last thing, if you made it K through 12, I could bring you over a hundred students into your school district next year. And they, they started with the high school and then the next year expanded the independent study model to include, um, you know, K through 12. And there's currently, they have 160 of our students enrolled in that program. So that brings them in, um, uh, a lot of uh, average daily attendance dollars, and then they pay back a fee to us to provide enrichment services. And and the real special sauce is when their teachers are on campus, on our campus that we we rent from the school district, a, a closed uh, surplus school campus, and seeing uh, what their young people are doing, and then taking that and bringing it into some kind of a formal reflection piece. So, so that is available to, I think anybody, at least in California, um, to, to go after and make that invitation. That's pretty awesome. Um, so, and I've got a bazillion questions about that, but a few, cause we don't have time for okay, my bazillion okay. questions, but a, a, a couple. So the, the first one is, so the students in this independent created program, right? That was with, with the district then. So are those students who, who were your families? So do they attend the regular district now at all, or they only participate in this piece of the program or some combination thereof? How's that That's a combination. Important question. Uh, they come to our program two days a week that are paid for by the district. If they want to buy another day or two out of pocket, they may do so. Mm -hmm. Uh, and they can either, um, meet with the teacher once every reporting period, every 24 days or whatever it might be, and you know exchange work samples, ideas, what's next. Or they can go to uh, small-scale workshops once or twice a week that the district teachers offer. You know, and they offer them on our site, and then there's another elementary site that has some spare classrooms that they offer those. And many of the families wanted that. They wanted that. They were, those, they were those families you were talking about earlier who weren't quite all the way ready to let go um, and, and maybe had a value of, no, I'd like a little bit, not so much, right? Uh, five days a week, six hours a day in a desk, uh, no. Uh, but for my young person, a few workshops here and there to help with some literacy acquisition, to help with some math skills. And so they, those teachers offer small workshops uh, to those independent study families. Most of them participate in about two, two a week, I think. And then the families do some work at home and we can support it as well. I've had teachers come to me and say, hey, this young person, um, their science requires some sort of thing on electricity. 
And I say, oh, exciting. I love it. Let's go. We're going to build a circuit. We're going to do something. And I go into the design room, get into the closet, pull the stuff out. And, and that's when we're having some fun and my old science teacher hat comes back on. Yeah. So you're talking about a true hybrid environment. These are homeschool families who are um, also um, part of a district and are also part of this awesome enrichment program that is um, Rock Tree Sky. Yeah. It's, it's win, 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 win. And a few more of those. Yeah. It's, yeah. An, it, it really is. I have to pinch myself sometimes because it's, it's really a dream job, uh, a dream space to be with mm -hmm. young people and, and other, other professionals, you know, other teachers. I think yeah. we all feel really good about, um, how we're, it feels like we're meeting the majority of these needs that those needs for freedom agency, um, and yet at the same time, an opportunity for some formal instruction um, w when it's wanted by the young person, the family. So, mm -hmm. yeah, that's actually really quite remarkable. Um, and I am you know, extremely progressive. Unfortunately, um, a lot of states in the U.S. don't make what you're talking about even possible, right? You're, you know, our homeschool families in lots of places, um, certainly where we are, you're either in or you're out. Wow. Okay. Right. There's, there's, there's no true, true middle ground other than opting into a charter, which is still a formal, um, based system to receive state dollars and support. So, um, so that's awesome that you have that opportunity. Um, and I also love the fact that the tr educators that are still within the traditional setting, have the opportunity to learn, participate, and then transport back into their own classrooms the philosophy and the freedom, quite frankly. I mean, I tell educators this all the time. As soon as you let go of everything that you know and embrace this just big, giant, ambiguous opportunity to learn and play together, it's incredibly freeing as an as a profession, as an educator. And then, and, and it's honestly not nearly as much work. Correct. Correct. And I think it's why a lot of us got into this work in the first place. Honestly, it reconnects us with, you know, many of us were those continuous learners. Uh, I think that, uh, you know, Theo Dawson talks about, you know, the, the virtual, uh, virtuous cycles of learning. And, you know, we, we were those continuous learners and, and we get into it to, to, to celebrate that or do that work and share that. And, um, we've been a bit bogged down by a bunch of busy work and, um, it's, it's a lot easier. It, well, it takes some work to, to let go of the idea. And it took me work. It took me, I'd say, you know, I would go back and forth in the first two years of what we created of, uh, is this right? Is this, you know, it, and then the, after, after I got to a point and I saw enough of the um, results in the young people uh, I said, oh my gosh, you know, absolutely. This is, this is the right way to be doing this. And, and as you mentioned, those, those, it's a two way street for those teachers that are still working in a conventional, uh, model at the school district that, yeah, they are learning a ton by being in the space. Um, when we first floated the partnership amongst our team, there's a few of my team members who were really nervous. They did not want the school district to come in and change us. And I said, we will hold that line, but remember, this is an opportunity for us to to share and show um, what can happen when when you do give kids uh, the, the voice and choice. Mm -hmm. And I suspect that the way that it really worked is that the school district didn't change you, but you changed them. 
Yes. I, well, okay. Uh, yeah, maybe. I think. <laughs> yeah, it's, I, it's, I suspect, yeah. right? Because that has been my experience, right? When when you can get a, f- a more formal or rigid setting to finally just like let go, just just a, even a little bit, oftentimes that they will start to pull in, um, you know, a lot of those components. I mean, you know, I, I can't find a formal educator out there that's not had a kid, a family, um, you know, say to them, why can't school be like summer camp or what, you know, and you're like, well, yeah, why can't it? The answer is it can. We just have to choose, but it's, it's complicated. I'm super curious, Jim, um, because this this model is super intriguing and it is part of a bigger network of really innovative educational um, opportunities and, and experiments, if you will, um, that education reimagine is supporting through their ecosystems work. Um, what what comes next? How does Rock Tree Sky as a network in and of itself, how how does that how does that model expand? Yes. Um well, definitely expands the ecosystem in our community. Um, so, so really uh, taking advantage of of some of the um, the tools that that other folks have created over time. You know, certainly like One Hundred Roads and Catherine Fraze and uh, Community Share and Josh Schachter, uh, all the work Big Picture Learning has done to create ways for us to have robust relationships with. Uh, professionals and other nonprofits in our community, and then really getting our young people out into those spaces. So the what's next is expanding those opportunities uh, for young people to connect in the community. Uh, what else? Uh, what's a part of that as well is expanding the access um, of the days of support that we can provide uh, funding for so that we can make sure this is equitably accessible to any family who wants it. You know, currently you can get two days paid for by the school district. You know, Rock Tree Sky does have scholarship, but we don't quite meet the bar yet of five days of support for families who might have two working um, parents or a single working parent. You know, so we haven't haven't finished that work yet and, and we're working on it. Um, and and then the other piece is is our continuous uh, help of other founders in and our around our region who are inspired and and starting similar types of spaces as Rock Tree Sky and the many others. You know we continue to do consultancy for them, uh, paid for by a Vela Fund grant, and and just have them on our campus to come and see. Uh, how to do this and just, you know, really open up the books and, and say, how can we help you? Yeah, absolutely. So remarkable. Wow. Yeah. yeah. One last thing that I want to share that I think is another piece that's next is proving out is really leaning into what's the right assessment for these types of spaces. And that's the piece that I felt has been missing. And, um, Recently, I was talking with Catherine Fraze, and she introduced me to the work of Theo Dawson and Zach Stein. And so I, I went on and started listening to some podcasts, and I was just I was blown away. And I started nodding my head, and I said, "Yes, okay, this I, I can get behind this because this is really about understanding. You know, how do we support young people as learners, agnostic of the content? And I love it because that allows the power of engagement to to take take hold and and I have to say, as I was driving home, listening to the podcast, 
uh, a mountain lion ran across the road in front of me, bounded like a full-grown mountain lion. I've lived in Ojai 22 years. They're all around. I've never seen one. And I said, you know what? I'm going to take that as a sign. This is like, <laughs> you know, there's there's a spiritual sign there somewhere and and I'm taking it. Uh, but, you know, the I think the assessment piece really, I, I think it's important. We're creating a field uh, that's distinct from the, you know, conventional model. And we are going to need to be able to answer those those questions of assessment for public dollars. And that's, I'm really interested in moving the needle on that. Yeah, absolutely. We are. And it's, it's a big thing to tackle, but it's super important. Uh, one headed down the road, Jim, I want to thank you so much, um, for the work that you do. Um, you know, uh, rock tree sky seems like it's an absolutely amazing uh, space and it's one that I think I should in fact get on a plane for. <laughs> um, so, um, I, uh, I, you will see me standing at your door, uh, one Yay. day here soon. Um, but thank you very, very much for taking time out of your day to just share your work um, with our listeners. We appreciate it. And thank you for being a great guest on Learning in Box. You are so welcome, Annalise. And thank you for the work that you're doing in Columbus, Ohio with the Past Foundation and the ecosystem. And I am so excited and following that uh, eating popcorn over here and rooting <laughs> for you all with, with the work that you're doing. So thank you. Yeah, we appreciate it. Thank you. You're welcome. Take care. Thank you for joining us for Learning Unboxed, a conversation about teaching, learning, and the future of work. I want to thank my guests and encourage you all to be part of the conversation. Meet me on social media at Annalise Corbin and join me next time as we stand up, step back, and lean in to reimagine education. <laughs>